0: Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today we're going to get into to some good, we're going to eat some steak today, really good stuff. And the title of this sermon and teaching is called Alive. And we're going to be reading in the NIV, the New International Version. And again, like I always say, I love the King James, but just to make it easy, uh, where most people can understand. I'm going to use the NIV, the New International Version, and we're going to be in the New Testament book of Romans, and we're going to be reading uh, Romans chapter 6 and chapter 7. All right, and the topic before I start reading, it says, Dead to Sin, Alive in Christ. Let's get started. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Verse 2, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Verse 3, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? Verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the father we too may live a new life verse five for if we have been united with him in a death like his we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his verse six for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin, verse 7, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, verse 9, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. And verse 10, the death he died, he died to To sin once for all but the life he lives he lives to god let's stop there for a minute i'm gonna give you a little overview on that so when he says um death no longer has mastery over him so in other words he took he took our penalty for our sins because remember We've all broken God's moral laws, the Ten Commandments. If you be honest with yourself, we've all lied. Um, If you borrowed something, never brought it back, no matter how much it was worth, it could be a paperclip or whatever, then it's stealing. Uh, If you looked at another person with lust, according to Jesus, we've committed adultery in our hearts already. And it goes on. So we're all guilty. You know, if you're going to be honest with yourself, we're all guilty. So because we couldn't do anything for ourselves Jesus or God in the flesh mm-hmm. Came down because he was the only one holy And he came and for three and a half years Preached the good news Which is also called the gospel Of He, he's bringing the new covenant in And changing from the, the old covenant And the new covenant is now um, That once we repent of our sins realizing that we've broken his laws that we can come to him and re- ask God to forgive us of our sins or repentance and then transfer the trust from ourselves to him alone to Jesus alone and from that day forth, start reading his word the bible daily without fail and doing what it says and when we mess up we continually repent and we keep going and also, it says here that um, that that the Father has given him those that he cannot lose. So another, God knows who's going to receive him and who's not. You know, but we still have to get the word out there because it's our job to do that. But God will make sure that that those that He knows His heart that they will give their life. To them That he make sure They hear the gospel Everybody has a chance To hear the gospel And whether you do it or not It's up to you You know But he but God already knows Who's coming and who's not Because he's God And we're not Alrighty Let's Move on To verse 11 In Romans chapter 6 In the same way Count yourselves Dead to sin But alive to God In Christ Jesus 12 Therefore do not Let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires verse 13 do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness but rather offer yourselves to god as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness verse 14 for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace verse 15 and the and the title on this here is slaves to righteousness what then shall we say or what what then shall we sin because we are not under the law by but under grace by no means see that's the new that's the new covenant we're under we're now the old covenant was the law and the new covenant is grace through Jesus Christ Verse 16, don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Verse 19. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness. So now, offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness verse 20 when you were slaves to sin you were free from the control of righteousness verse 21 what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of those things result in death verse 22 but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of god the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life Verse twenty-three. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think that was pretty much self-explanatory. Let's continue on to chapter 7, and the title on this is Release from the Law Bound to Christ. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives? Verse 2, for example... By law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. Verse 3, so then if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. Let's stop there for a minute and let me clarify because now that we are um we are under the new covenant which is grace um yes we can be forgiven for for what, for that you know and other things um but we should take marriage very serious you know we shouldn't just like just because something ain't going your way or um you know your feelings got hurt or something. Now you want to divorce or something or whatever it is. That's that's really no reason for a divorce. Um, now people do it, especially if you don't know Christ and you're in the world, or maybe you uh, you say you're a Christian but you don't really practice anything. You're still of the world because you're not really doing what the Bible says. But um, yeah, we need to take. Especially marriage very seriously Because it's covenant So when when somebody wants a divorce You know like Or for whatever reason you're breaking covenant The covenant you have with God But Does God forgive you? Yes God knows your heart and he knows your intent And if you're very serious about your repentance God will forgive you Because we're under grace But remember we need to take What God says very seriously Let's continue on Verse 4, so my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. Verse 5, for when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore f- fruit for death. Verse 6, but now by dying to what once bound us we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code let's continue in verse 7 the title above is the law and sin what shall we say then is the law sinful certainly not nevertheless i would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, You shall not covet, verse 8. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead, verse 9. Once I was alive, apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin sprang to life, and I died. Alrighty. so what does that mean uh, when it went here? It says, um, what shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not, nevertheless I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you, should, you shall not covet. What it's saying is the Ten Commandments, it, it, it's God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, right? And the, the Ten Commandments are there as a mirror. To show our sin To show that we we can't keep God's commandments Because we're so sinful Because we're born into a We're born in a wicked world A fallen world And therefore we're all sinners You know, that's why Sinners all came from Adam and Eve You know, because they disobeyed God And uh, from that point on The the world was under um, the curse And the curse is, you know because they disobeyed God and the curse was on you know, the earth and everything around them Because they were supposed to subdue it And what happened when Adam went along with Eve Instead of saying no and then he could have redeemed her But he said no or he just went along with it So because of that then he gave up his right that God gave him To subdue the earth And then you see he was like transferred to Satan for that time And now the world's on under corruption and sin and death And that's why everything... If you notice, you know, no matter what it is, uh, we can leave a house, and within a week you got dust in it and dirt and all like that. It all constantly has to be cleaned and took care of. Same for our bodies. Same for cars, whatever, because we're un- under the curse. Therefore, everything is corrupted, and and will rust, fall apart, or die. You know. So I just wanted to make to clarify that. Okay, verse 10, let's continue verse 10. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death, verse 11. For sin, seized, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and though the commandment put me to death, verse 12, so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Verse 13, did that which is good, then become death to me by no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. Verse 14, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual. Sold as a slave to sin. Verse 15, I do not understand what I do for what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. I mean, excuse me, I messed up there. Let me go back, let me go to 15 again. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate I do, verse 16, if I, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. Verse 17, as it is, as it is, it is, No longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Verse 18, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Verse 19, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This this I keep on doing. Verse 20, now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it. But it is sin living in me that does that does it. Verse 21. Well, let me stop there for a minute. What we just read is that's why we need Christ, because we ourselves can't stop sinning. Only the supernatural power of Jesus Christ. Once we realize we've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, can't keep them. Therefore we're guilty and we're on the way to hell. And therefore, If we want to avoid hell and go to heaven, we must come God's way. So we come and we ask, we come with a sorrowful, contrite heart, you know, realizing we're guilty and under the penalty. But if we come to Christ and ask for forgiveness, that's repentance with a sorrowful heart or contrite heart, and then put our trust in Christ Jesus alone, then we're saved then we are saved from hell and we'll have eternal life with Jesus Christ in heaven. It's not rocket science, it's pretty simple stuff, but sometimes you just have to think about it, you know? And if you think about it with our own mind, we may not be able to grasp it, that's why the the New Testament says we have to come as as a child, you know, in faith believing. Okay, Let us begin at verse twenty-one. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good. Evil is right there with me, for in my heart, being, in, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. Verse twenty-three. But but I see another work at, uh, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Verse twenty-four. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Verse 25, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. And let's stop there. So what what must we do to be saved? Well, what we must do to be saved is realize what we just read. If you're in Christ, you're free. And once you come, once you understand that we all have sinned, and if you have not repented to Christ, understanding that, then then for those who have not um, realized that they've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, can't keep them, therefore Therefore, we are guilty and on our way to hell, and but God came through Jesus who because he had to have a perfect sacrifice and say, "Well, why do you have to do all that?" Because whatever God says, he has to complete because he's God, and we're not. We lie and do stuff and say stuff and, and never do things or whatever. You, you see our um, standards are very low, but God's standards are always high, and he doesn't, God doesn't change. You know, and if you wonder why you're going in depression or for you that may be listening to this who claim who are, you know, uh, the think you're transgender or what's the new thing, non binary and or whatever the case may be, you know. Uh, or if you're in sin, you're you know, you're committing adultery, or you're living together, you know, without being married. That'd be fornication. Um whatever if you've murdered someone if you've robbed people or whatever the case may be no matter sin, is sin, you can be free now you may have to we all for what we do wrong we're all gonna have to pay for it whatever level you know we did but we can still be free in christ and have the joy of christ understanding like once we come and realize we've broken god's moral law the ten commandments we're guilty we're on our way to hell then we understand that we come with a sort of a contrite heart, repent of our sins, and transfer the trust from yourself to Christ alone. It's kind of like if you're in a plane that's about to crash and you have a parachute, you've got to hold on to that parachute because it's going to save you from the jump to come. Jesus will save you from the judgment to come. If you stand before God and you've not repented or anything, you're going to be found guilty and you're going to go to hell and burn forever and ever i know people don't want to talk about that but that's what the bible says yeah sure does and uh so actually let me for that i believe it's uh it's luke i think it's luke chapter 16. let me look it up real fast for you where it does talk about hell and i'm pretty sure it's luke 16. Let's Mark Luke. Just give me one minute. I'm here looking for it. Almost there. Let me see. Luke 16. Luke 16. Additional teachers. Oh, here it is. Yes, yeah, it's Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. And the title on it is The Rich Man in Lazarus. And this just talks about it, describes hell, right? But the King James says hell. And here in, in some of the, the new or, or the modern language ones, some of them don't use hell. They use Hades, which means hell, if you look it up. Here it is, in... Uh, and so starting at verse 22 in Luke chapter 16, it says, The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, In Hades or hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. Verse 24, So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. See, because before Christ came, there was a gulf fix or a separation where he had the people waiting for Christ to come to set everybody free, you know, who was righteous when they died and those that had rejected God the whole time and they were in hell, you know, and that's why he's talking because he could see, could see uh, Lazarus has suffered all his life, not that works have anything to do with it, uh but um so it just describes the hell it was a it was a story that Jesus was telling and was describing what hell was like. You can find it in there and many other places. So so once you come to Christ, that means you you guys you realize you've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. I know I'm gonna repeat myself, but that's how we get it. We've broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, therefore we're guilty on the way to hell. But then we realize that, and then we, we ask God for forgiveness, we come with a sort of contrite heart, it's called repentance, and, and we repent or ask God for forgiveness and transfer the trust from ourselves to Christ alone. Then we're saved on our way to heaven, but we must continue in his will. You know, Yes, God knows who's coming. God knows who's do that. But it's up but we must stay in his word and strengthen ourselves to learn so we can help others and share the gospel. It's like this, even though God knows who's coming, it's like this. If you're a farmer or yeah, if you're a farmer and somebody gives you seeds that are guaranteed to grow, you still have to prepare the soil and then put the seeds in and cover it up and then keep working on the soil and make sure everything's good. And sometimes you may need chemicals to keep the bugs off from destroying that crop. But it's it's definitely gonna grow, but you had to do the work for that to grow. You know, you just don't have seeds in the pack and never do anything with it, or season whatever, you know, and that's that's how things work. Okay, let me give you some let me give you some scripture verses. Here is Proverbs chapter one, verse twenty three. Turn you at my reproof behold i will pour out my spirit unto you i will make known my words unto you luke chapter 17 verse 3 through 4 it says if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him and if he repent forgive him and if he trespass against thee seven times a day and seven times in a day turn again to thee saying i repent thou shalt forgive me and psalm chapter 51 verse 17 the sacrifices of god are a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart oh god that will not despise and and let me give you my favorite uh, uh salvation scripture of repentance and that can be found in romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 10 and 13 and i and this is in the king james and it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made of salvation. Verse thirteen, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And number read a little bit more on that. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and break glad tidings of good things. And Romans chapter 10, verse 17, King James says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So now you know what to do, and so it's up to you what you do with that. You know, if it's like I went through a lot of depression and stuff before I came to Christ. I had a lot of issues and problems going on. Once I came to Christ, did my problems go away real fast? No, they were still I had to work through it, but God helped me, and through reading His Word, reading the Bible, it helped me so much. You know, so. I would say, understand that we've broken God's moral law. The Ten Commandments—we've lied. We've uh, looked at another person with lust, therefore committing adultery in the heart. Uh, we've dis— you know, uh, I mean, I've disrespect my parents. A lot of people have. Maybe some have not. But most of the time, if we, you know. As children, we don't do everything we say, so, yeah, we're pretty much disrespecting them. Um, We made up our God in our own image or in an image that's who accepts everything we do. That's making a God. That's making another God, and that's, that's not good either. Have we stolen, you know? Have we lied? Everybody has. So, you see, we're guilty. So, I would say repent, ask God for forgiveness, and put your trust in Christ alone. So remember, read the word daily without fail and do what it says until next time.